All right, guys. So in the midst of this whole Brian Flores, Stephen Ross situation with the Miami Dolphins, all the other teams that were head coachless have now seemed to have found their head coaches. Now, with the ongoing, let's say, dilemma in Miami, how long is it going to be before they find their head coach? Who's going to be their head coach? And how is that problem going to affect their decision? What do you guys think? So they, they, they have two candidates. Like we said, we, they're still interviewing. They interviewed um, McDaniels for the third time. And from what I read, he had like a three-hour interview, which is weird. And they interviewed Kellen Moore. Now, see, that I, I completely lean away from Kellen Moore. But your thoughts? Uh, I hate McDonald's. Hey. What? He's still confusing oh, him with Josh. Oh, wait. McDonald's. That's right. Not Josh. I like that McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. Josh McDaniel is a Vegas coach. He's yeah. a Vegas coach. You got hired in Vegas. The Broncos found their... But, the, but Viti, let me ask you. Who... Who's hired their coach? And if you know, do you know who they've hired already? Like, if I, I mean, ask you to pretty, rattle that off, I, I know some of them. Um, okay, I know but that. Go ahead. But like, name, like, you said, like you said, McDaniels went to Las Vegas. Uh, Doug Peterson got hired in Jacksonville. Um, I think it was Kevin. I forgot whatever got hired by the Vikings. <clears throat> what does um, Kevin, whatever his name is, look like? I have no clue. All I all I saw was that uh, in the Pro Bowl interview, he's a white guy. Yeah, he's a white guy. Oh, okay. So they were they were in, yeah they were interviewing the Vikings players in the Pro Bowl, and they were all like super excited to have this guy for some reason. And you know, I think well, he's also, the Rams' offensive coordinator or something. Something he's he, yeah he was uh, an offensive coordinator somewhere. Um. Also, well, like we all saw, Brian Dable got hired in New York, and oh, and like I told my brother, it's not a head coaching job, but. The Patriots are talking to Adam Gase for the offensive coordinator position. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the quarterback so, guru himself. Yeah. There was also Nathaniel Hackett was hired. At the Broncos. Uh, another white guy. Yeah. Um, They're all white. <laughs> so we're getting, yeah. Thank you. It's like so we're getting chicken with no flavor. <laughs> <laughs> so. We are go- we are heading in this direction because obviously the big news of the week, uh, it, you thought it was going to be Tom Brady's retirement, but then which we will talk about. But then on the same day, Brian Flores, um, on the first day of Black History Month, which it, I, when that was first pointed out, I'm like, okay, people are pointing that out like as a joke, but it turns out that was like actually pretty important to Brian Flores' legal team and to Brian Flores themselves, himself. And the, if you didn't know, the lawsuit is, the genesis of the lawsuit is racial discrimination. It's a class action lawsuit. Brian Flores is the lead plaintiff. And it's a lawsuit against the NFL for racial discrimination in their hiring practices, in coaching, jobs which also includes coordinator jobs which includes gm jobs right now to 
not to get too bogged down in the uh, in the legal components of it, I will say briefly, class action is a group of people, right? They're bringing a lawsuit against a defendant and there's a lead plaintiff. There's a plaintiff that puts their name on it. They're like the face of it, right? In all class actions, you always look for the lead plaintiff. Here, Brian Flores is the lead plaintiff, right? Yeah. Do so you that's know the other names? Uh, no. I only no know one, one, one name that I can rem- that, that I know. I, I've, heard Hugh, I've heard Hugh Jackson speak, but I don't know if he's a, actually a part of it. I think he is. He is. Okay. That's the one I was going to say. And then the other one that said I wasn't afraid of backing him up and maybe joining him was Caldwell. Okay. So, but, all right. So there we go. So that's important to remember. It's not a Brian Flores, Brian Flores against the world. It's all the black yeah. coaches that yeah, the are lawyers part made of this it clear. The, the lawyers made it clear in the interview. Right. But it was some people that reached out. Yeah, Brian Flores is the face of it, right? But it's not just his story that matters here, right? Now, I don't know if you guys read through it. I read through the lawsuit, and I will say it's about 58 pages. And like 50 of it is just about like the racist history of the NFL that they're alleging, right? They're just talking. And some of the stuff they're citing is uh, like, I think John Gruden was cited in there. Um, Colin Kaepernick, obviously, some of the stats that go on. So, you know, like the ones that are easy to digest are that there's only one black head coach. There's zero black owners four black offensive coordinators, 11 defensive black defensive coordinators, two black general managers, but 70% of the players are black. Right. So then Flores, if you, the, the spicy parts of what Flores brought up are Stephen Ross allegedly offering him a thousand, a hundred thousand dollars, a loss his first year to tank. Um, Stephen Ross allegedly trying to, and I'm using the word allegedly because it hasn't been proven anywhere. I'm whether you think it's true or not, I will leave that up to you. I, and whether I think it's true or not, you might hear from the tone of my voice as I speak about this, but I'm going to use the word allegedly because you know, it's responsible, but yeah, Stephen Ross allegedly offered him a hundred thousand to lose games that first year to tank. Um, he allegedly tried to get him to meet with a high profile free agent quarterback before he was officially a free agent a couple years ago. It's so, it has come out that the quarterback was Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also come out that Tom Brady was interested in Miami, but then I, I guess him and Brian Flores didn't really get along too well in new England. And then, he chose Tampa. And uh, the other parts that Brian Flores have brought up besides the Dolphins thing was last year, I guess when the Dolphins hired him, he went, he interviewed with the Broncos and allegedly John Elway and the general manager showed up a couple hours late and they showed up drunk to his interview. And then the last part, which is the funniest part, in a situation that's very not very much not funny 
was the text from Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick texted Brian Flores thinking he was texting Brian Dayball. He texted the wrong Brian, congratulating him on being hired by the Giants. The problem was he texted him this like on a Monday and Brian Flores was scheduled to interview on Thursday. So three days before his interview, apparently the Giants already made a decision. And I mean, obviously these guys talk to each other, but Bill Belichick's the Patriots coach. Like how the fuck does he know who you're hiring as your coach? Like why, why does Bill Belichick know that information? But he did. He mistakenly texted the wrong Brian and here we are. So again, from a legal perspective, I don't know if anything he alleged here is racist, right? The worst thing, I guess, that can come in terms of the hiring practices was the Broncos thing. Cause it's like, you were never, you weren't interviewing him for real. Mm-hmm. The Giants, same thing. Like you weren't really interviewing him. He, you were just interviewing him to fill a quota, but like, that's, that's like a standard practice, honestly. Like when, like you knowing who you're gonna hire, like that, that happens all the time, right? Um, then there's, like, there, there's nothing definitive. They didn't allege anything that says he wasn't hired because he's black, or these people aren't. They're not hiring the black coaches for the only because they're black, right? Like, none of that was alleged, for at least from what I read. And in the stuff with the Dolphins, none of that was racist it was i mean yeah integrity of the game with the tanking with the the bribes those were bribes to lose games or you know talking to a free agent before like a few days before you're supposed to which everyone does that shit anyways but i guess brian flores wasn't about it which honestly as a dolphins fan it's like it's kind of weird because it's like man they wanted him to tank we would have had Joe Burrow if he did it or he didn't want to meet Tom Brady. Like the Bucks just won the Super Bowl and the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. And it's like, damn, if he would have done what Ross was trying to do there, not excusing Ross's behavior, saying Ross was right. But if he would have like been a little more accommodating there, you know, you end up with Joe Burrow or Tom Brady. Right, so I as think, a Dolphins fan, that part is is like, damn, yeah, it's weird. I have breaking news here. What happened? Per Adam Schefter, six o two p.m. Miami is working on a deal with the 49ers OC Mike McDaniel to be their next head coach. All right, there we go. So that answers the question early. We'll we'll get to that right after <laughs> we get you guys on on this Brian Flores thing, but yeah, I mean, it's. Again, I, I'm trying not to, I'm trying to emphasize this point, the legal side of it, which is this is going to take a few years to actually, if it gets to court, right? If it gets there, Brian Flores is, and his lawyers are saying they don't want to settle, but it's very early on. So we'll see. They're saying they don't want to settle. And the reason I kind of maybe believe them was because nothing you've alleged so far indicates racism. So it's like, it seems like you're just trying to get this to court and have like shit come out. Right. Just to make it sound like it's racism, they just keep bringing, because I saw the interview and it was constantly Rooney rule, Rooney rule, Rooney rule, Rooney rule. 
That's what they mentioned 80 times. But like you said, it wasn't really racist. Except that, yeah, they did, you know, break the Rooney rule. But and the Rooney rule was brought up just so they could be, you know, equal employment opportunity for everybody. But like you said, I mean, once you know who you're going to hire, even if before you even, even to be that person that you want to hire, you know, you're going with them, you know? But yeah, I, I, just the whole Rooney rule kept saying, kept being brought up. The Rooney rule is bullshit. And I, the reason I'm saying that is because the, the Rooney rule came out in 2003, right? And it, this was, you know, so, you know. You got to interview one black coach. What so somebody no it's not black it's it's um minority I'm, I'm, minority I'm, I'm, I'm minority. you're right you're right a I'm minority coach it just in the NFL it's yeah I get it I get it, it yeah. you have to interview I'm, I'm a minority the only reason I think I say that this is a bullshit rule is because they have less minorities now than they did prior to the Rooney rule they have less black coaches than they um now than they did in the past when that rule didn't exist. So it's like, clearly this rule is not doing absolutely anything. So it's like, they, they have to come up with something else because that whatever that is, is not working. No, I agree. That's, that, that's what I was extra draft pick was going to be enough, but people still don't really care because they added that, what, two years ago, the, the draft pick thing? Yeah, no, it's because you know who you're going to hire, like uh, most of the time. Like if it's a situation where you, you really don't know and it's like, hey, the best may the best man win, then ideally, yeah, that's how that would work. It's like, hey, uh, we really don't know who we're gonna hire. We we've identified these like five guys. Um, right. Let's say that this is a very just easy situation to paint, right? Let's say we're we're gonna we're gonna identify the five best candidates and interview them. Okay. You go, four of them are white. And now it's like, okay, well, now I know I have to also interview a black coach. So let me find the best black coach candidate. And then if he ends up being the best interview, then you give him the job. Right. In a perfect world, that's how that would work. Like, that's how the rule was supposed to work. In a perfect world, it's like, we don't know who we're going to hire. We have to interview a minority coach. So let's interview this one. And if he ends up being the best one, then we give him the job, right? But that's not how this shit goes. These guys know who they're hiring most of the time. Yeah. The Giants are like, we want Dayball. So we're going to interview Dayball and Flores. And that way we satisfied the rule, but we, we already got the guy we want. And that's, that, that's, that's the thing about the NFL, which um, basically from, I guess, from what you're saying is, what I gather, at least from what you're saying is that, I don't make this point is that in the it's not like it's a regular job at Macy's or or at a bank where you have a million candidates, right? In the NFL, there is very limited candidates. So then by the time they pick who's gonna get interviewed in mm-hmm. their back of their heads, they already know who they're gonna hire because they already seen what they can do. So a lot of this interview stuff is just due process, it's just uh, to fill out the paperwork and, and, and all that back office stuff. But when you really, when you really think about it, there are pos- out of, there are 32 teams, right? And for anybody to land a head coaching job, you can probably pick five guys. And that's a realistic number, five guys. So 
it's again, it's not like a regular, like a, a, a manager at a, at a retail store where you can. Yeah, you don't apply for this job. Yeah, you, you already know. Yeah, like people don't apply for this job. You are inviting people to interview. Yeah. You already have in your head who you want. Yep. It's true, you know, but sit back and just look at the big picture now. All right. You have, what was it, the coach in, in the Broncos that got hired? Nathaniel Hackett. Who is that? I don't know. And then okay. the, the, then the you have Bears Kevin hired Moore. Matt Eberflus. Okay, so you got all these guys that we don't know who they are. You got guys like Kellen Moore that are getting that's getting head coaching interviews and hasn't really done anything. Josh McCown you. is getting a head coaching interview. So you have all these guys, right? Some Bill O'Brien's getting recycled. Bill O'Brien is also up for the thing. But then you have coaches like Bienemy, then you have Todd Bowles, so and and Byron Leftwich, which and everybody Morris, kept saying and Brian that, that everybody, you know, finishing the season, people were saying Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich would definitely get a, a, a coaching job somewhere. But I didn't hear of them getting an interview. They didn't anywhere. even get interviewed. What do you, you know? Not? I thought Leftwich Leftwich went to the Jaguars and then I thought yeah, he, he interviewed at the Jaguars. Oh, he, that was about it. Nope. Did he? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think hey, so. I, I, thought, I, I was told that he was expected at getting. He pulled out. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe Arians is on his way out, and Flo- and Leftwich maybe. is gonna take over there. But yeah, but no, VC's but still, right. These like, are guys. These are guys that are proven winners. They they took the Super Bowl guys. You got good at what they time. Do. You know, the enemy that's been four in the AFC championships in a row, and what. That you're going with a guy with no experience, a guy that has nothing, no credentials, no nothing, bro. Like, right. it's something fishy. So I didn't know this part of it. This was, uh, and not surprising, the source of it. Bomani Jones, one of the smartest guys in uh, sports journalists. Um, he, he, I don't know how familiar you guys are with the Fritz Pollard Alliance. They were. It's like a, like a coalition. It's like lobbyist almost, right? Think of like what a lobbyist does, but in the NFL. And they, they're, the group they're lobbying for is black coaches, right? For, and I didn't realize this part of it, but Bomani Jones uh, said it on the Dan Lebutard show this week. He was saying the Fritz Pollard Alliance, their part in this is understated and people don't give them enough heat because apparently these coaches they basically put together a list of the black head coaches that are ready slash worth being interviewed for head coaching jobs and it's like who the fuck are you putting on this list then yes like because there's one guy that runs that so let's say that guy has a problem with eric the enemy so you're not putting Eric Bieniemy's name on this list that you're sending out to the teams about like the black head coaches that are worth interviewing that you recommend be interviewed. Why? Because you don't like him. Right. But you put David Cully on that shit last year. And it's like, who the fuck's David Cully? He got hired and David Cully had this went through the same experience in Houston that a lot of black coaches have had to go through. Come here to like basically clean up this mess what we, we're like in a shitty situation come here for like a year or two 
kind of handle this shit. And then when we're ready to like actually invest and get better again, we're going to get boot you out of here and bring someone we actually want. Right. Like, right. We'll give you your money, but you know, now David Cully, not that he was like a hot coaching prospect, but he's never going to be a head coach again. Right now, Brian Flores, we all thought, yo, that guy's going to be a top candidate for jobs, but the bears hired someone we don't know. I mean, we know Brian Dayball, but the giants took him right without really interviewing flores the broncos we heard maybe the broncos they hired some nathaniel hackett whoever the fuck that is the texans we heard about him but it's like it's between flores and josh mccown like what yeah that there's no comparison there like you go like, for flores like how how is that he, he, did, he, he did say he still had an interview with the, with the saints as well in that interview that he had yeah yes yeah yeah <clears throat> But you see that like that that part is the problem. But when it but in relation to this lawsuit, this lawsuit, the only way this lawsuit can help fix anything is if it actually gets past this initial filing phase and they get into discovery. Because if they get into discovery, now the NFL has to give shit. And they have to they have to hand shit over. They're gonna offer to settle first. And if Flores doesn't take it then these guys have to, like, they have to offer evidence. Mm-hmm. They have to pass stuff over. And then if there's stuff in there that can get people in trouble, then, you know, you might be fucking with people's money. And once people's money starts getting fucked with, then oh, yeah. shit changes, Absolutely. right? That's the way it can change. But in terms of, just like, what he said, like, what's alleged in that lawsuit, unless they get, like, some actual evidence of, this guy was hired, not hired, or not fought, or not. This guy was not hired or fired because he's a minority. Unless you, I start seeing some of that, I'm not sure this is even going to get to discovery. You know, so the the uh, equal opportunist in me, the person that be, you know, the the part of me that believes in that, hopes that it does get past this initial filing phase and discovery comes out. Cause I do think there's, you might be able to find something there and then that could actually lead to some change. But if it doesn't, what five, said is right. This rule is for show the rules, bullshit. And we're, we're saying what the problems are, but the thing is, everybody knows that everybody knows this is the problem, how this shit actually works, mm-hmm. but they're satisfying the rule and there's no real punishment for not hiring a black coach because at the end of the day, they can't, you, they can't make you hire a black coach, a minority coach. They can't make you do that. Right. But if you already know who you're going to hire and he's not a minority and you're just interviewing one to satisfy the rule, then like, how's, how does that change? Right. And in, and in reality, what's wrong with that? Like, What's wrong with that? If, if you have your mind made up about someone and you think they're the best person for the job, what's wrong about that? I, I don't think exactly. You see, that, that's where I agree with you. It, it's, it's like when you're, it's, it's, it's like, like the draft. You, the guy who goes first, trust me, that guy who goes first is already made up in the mind of the first team that's, that's, that's drafting. So I, I agree with you on that. On that. Right, so... There, there's nothing inherently wrong with picking who, who you want. I mean, it's your job. It's a private fucking organization. 
you're the one that has the, the power to offer this job. So you can offer it to whoever the fuck you want. There's nothing wrong with that. Unless there's some evidence of I'm never hiring a black coach. I'm never hiring a, a Hispanic coach, an Asian coach, a woman. If, yeah. if that's if, like, no matter who it is, I'm never hiring them. Like that's wrong, but there's no evidence of that here. I'm not saying it's not a possibility. Obviously it is, but there's no evidence of that. And that's not being alleged here. Right. So from a, again, a legal perspective, if something's going to be done about this, there needs to be some harder evidence presented here. Right. At right now, there isn't when it comes to that. Honestly, the spiciest thing there that could possibly get someone in trouble is the Stephen Ross offering money for losses thing. Because that shit, you know, especially now that you're bringing gambling into this, if you're affecting the outcome, I mean, Pete Rose is not allowed in the Hall of Fame for this. For the same concept. Yeah. Right. So if you're going to mess with the results, that could get you in trouble. I don't think Stephen Ross is going to lose his team. But, you know, that that's the only part of there that where there's like a real world consequence from what was alleged thus far that can change. Maybe people, more coaches come and there's harder evidence. But for the time being, it's a it's a juicy story. It's a salacious story. There's like spicy details. It's Mm -hmm. very easy to follow and be entertained by it and catches your attention. But in terms of things actually changing from it. I don't see it right now. Hopefully it does. We all agree on that from what everything, from everything everyone here has said, we all acknowledge the problem. We all recognize what the problem is, but you know, in terms of getting people in trouble for it, nothing that he has said is going to result in that. So hopefully like, hopefully actual change comes and that, but for that to happen, some people are going to have to get in some serious trouble because there's going to be harder evidence offered. Right. But you know, that, that was part one of the big NFL news this week. The other thing, and again, I mentioned earlier, it's funny because it happened the same day. uh, And it's a lighter topic, thankfully, because I'm not trying to do this heavy shit all the time, be all serious all the time, but Tom Brady is retirement. Uh, Official this week after a couple days of where it looked like maybe Adam Schefter jumped the gun again and misreported something, uh, he was proven right. I think Adam Schefter was probably celebrating as much as anybody was. <laughs> Who was celebrating more? Do you think it was like AFC East fans <laughs> or Adam Schefter when Tom Brady said he was done? Because I think Adam was, Schefter. Yeah, yeah he was validated. Yeah, because people started coming at him again. I mean, he did it to himself. Yeah, he but did. <laughs> but they were coming at him again. But yeah, I think Adam Schefter was going to be the one celebrating the most because at the end of the day, AFC East or whatever, you know, at the end of the whoever. day, you're an NFL fan. You're an NFL fan, and whether you like the guy or not, you have to acknowledge he had a hell of a career. Yeah, so. it's annoying. It, it, and honestly, it, it, to it, me, to me, it was sad. I was like, shit, NFL. No, was I, 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 I get you. Yeah. It, it, it is a sad thing, but in a way, like, you know, I mean, nobody's happier than those young quarterbacks coming up. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever, you know. 
it is sad because you know he's he's been here for so long so it's like now it's a Brady-less NFL I mean I grew up with Drew Brees you know uh what's his name Peyton Manning Manning, Ben Roethlisberger Rivers Tom Brady and they're, they're all gone now you're over now it's over I grew no, up on what, that. No, wait, wait. Well, now what is over, D'Angelo? And now it, now it's over. What's over? That oh, era. That, that class, that's a big era. Yeah. That, that's yeah. a huge. And now we're getting into the era. Like, yeah, you still have Rodgers, but that he wasn't. Like, he still has a couple more years. But, like, we have more of the younger era now. Oh, yeah. Where we're going to. Oh, yeah. And I'm a fan of some of these young guys. I mean. Oh, we know. Allen and Herbert. Mahomes. Shall we be? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're making making jokes, but Kyler Murray's been, he's exciting. He had three Uh, touchdowns after that pick. Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, like. Deshaun. (laughs) He said Deshaun. That guy's better than Josh Allen, but yeah. We have a a bright future. Deshaun Watson. Oh. I completely forgot he was in the NFL. <laughs> the break. Yeah, we. But have... I mean, if, if if you want if you want to talk like that, Deshaun Watson's better than oh. Joe than Joe Burrow, Herpin. Oh yeah, no, he's in my no, top no, five. No, I list him there. I list him there. I... <laughs> no, the problem is that you're listing him at all. That's the problem. <laughs> I know he's not playing. But you, you see, okay. this this is a problem when we're like when it's us because we just talk we start talking shit like we get derailed here. <laughs> we're talking about Tom Brady. Oh yeah, <laughs> like who? <laughs> that guy, Tom Brady, man. Um, yeah, no, I'm with you guys with with Fabi and Viti. Like you're saying, it's sad. It, it it is. Like you grew up on that. I like really grew up on that. Like my my, I don't have any memories of the NFL before Tom Brady. Like I don't. I was six years old. I was six. They won the first one in in twenty in two thousand one. Mm-hmm. I was six years old, turning seven. Like I don't know, I don't know the NFL without Tom Brady. Dude, shit! I was fourteen years old when he started in the NFL. Yep, well, thirteen, twelve years old. I'm with you guys. I just don't like the guy, but why, I why, admit it's, huh? why don't you like him? I just think. He was they didn't like them after he left. Oh, I thought I liked his his character after he left, but he was the reason we failed these past two years. That's not why, but no. but the Dolphins failed because they just suck. Yep, the had nothing to do with Tom Brady. Yeah, no, Brady and Ben are like the first quarterbacks that I think of when you say your NFL start. That was my. Those are the two yeah. that I think of. Yeah. I mean, for me, I take it even further. I mean, for, for for me, like the quarterbacks are like I've always and like Marino. looked up to. Elway, in Marino. I mean, the ones Aikman. that I love. I saw them played. Yeah, but we didn't players. we didn't really grow up on them. Like me, for example, I love Brett Favre, but like nineteen ninety six. That guy. See, what what needs to be said is, and it's it's really hard to tell the future. Uh, Cause you don't know what's going to happen, but like th- what Tom Brady did, no one had done that before. And I really like you, 
we all see how hard this game is, man. Like, this shit's hard. Like, look at Mahomes. Like, Mahomes has the team and the coaches, and they're, they get to, like, they, they get to, like, that final step, like, every year since Mahomes been the starter, right? They're, but they've only got – they've only won the one, right? Like, this, this shit is hard to do. And mm-hmm. this man made – he made it – it was 10 Super Bowls, right? He made it to 10. Yeah. Made uh, it to 10. <laughs> it's so hard to make one. It's so difficult to make one. And he made 10. And he won seven of them. Like, he's won more than a bunch of teams have ever. The Cowboys. <laughs> the Dolphins, like our the team. Dolphins, the, yeah. the, the Bills, the Jets, like all these teams. Like, they're, only like the greatest franchises in history have the amount of Super Bowls that Tom Brady has on his own. Like, appearances. Mm-hmm. Or even close to that number. Right, like Super Bowls, but it, football championships is a different thing. Because remember, before the NFL was the AFL, and if you yeah. want to add up everything up, the Packers have thirteen of them. Yeah, the the, the Packers and the, what I think the, the, Steelers. the the Steelers, yeah, when trauma right? Steelers. But we're talking about like decades at that point. We're talking about like at this point, like close to a hundred years, and that's mm-hmm. how many they've got. And this guy did this in twenty one. He's amazing, bro. <laughs> like we're not, I. I can say with a lot of confidence, I don't think we're going to see this ever again. I don't think so. Either. Oh no, we, we this we, shit we, is we, hard, man. We you can be Aaron Rodgers. He's like so talented, one of the most talented you've ever seen. He's only got the one. Dan Marino yeah, was zero. amazing. He only got to one. Mahomes, we're seeing Mahomes. He's one one of them he's only been there twice right all these guys were talking we're messing around with D'Angelo about Matt Stafford Matt Stafford's a really good quarterback for a long time this was the first time he won a playoff game like I'm I'm just bringing all this up to emphasize the point there's a lot of quarterbacks this shit is difficult the level of of difficulty it is to get to I think it was um my Michael Irving that said that he's like people don't understand that winning the Super Bowl um, it's probably one of the hardest things to do in all sports. And then, so he's like stupefied on how this guy did it so many times and got there so many times. And different so, ways. Yeah. He did, he did it when he was young, when he was like a game manager, right? Then he did it when he was the best quarterback, like the way, the way he threw the ball around. Then he did it, you know, like a mix of the two. He's one where like his defense carried him. He's one where they had to score a bunch of points. Like, He's it didn't matter the situation, it didn't matter the personnel. The only thing that was constant was him and the coach, and they did it 10 times. Yeah, and it's not just that, it's 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 the, the performance, like the performance. I think you're the one that brought it up that it was like so the best you've ever seen Tom Brady was in that Super Bowl that they lost against the Eagles. The guy had like 500 yards, like so something stupid. And I didn't even notice that until you brought it up. I looked it up and I was like, holy shit. Like these, these, these stats are stupid. These are video game stats. And he wasn't a young, young guy when, when, no. he, when he did that. And, and that's, that to me is what, what makes him that great. Like you put him against the wall, you know, man, he's coming out swinging. And whether he wins or loses, the, the, the things that he does, other guys just cannot do it. 
Not, not even on their wildest dreams, no matter how talented they are. They just buckle under pressure. I mean, this, I mean, it, it, it was amazing. It was frustrating as a Dolphins fan because he was in the division. So I had to see his ass so much throughout all this time. He is annoying. But, you know, um, I think Viti said it. Like, just as a fan of the game, it's it's sad because it's like this is a part. He's such a huge part of this, right? And I was too young for Michael Jordan, but I imagine it was similar when Michael Jordan was gone. It's like, dude, like what what now, right? Like what now? What's gonna happen now? And then I've been fortunate enough, you know, with basketball that I got LeBron, and I'm starting to see the Le- you know the writings on the wall for LeBron, and it's like what what's gonna happen after LeBron, like. This shit's crazy. I, I watch, you know, you guys know I, I, I watch soccer. So it's like I see Ronaldo and Messi and, and I'm like, what's going to happen? Ronaldo's they're gone? 37 years old, man. I'm like, th- like, they're almost done. Like, what what now? Right? Like, there's such a huge part of these sports that these, these leagues and these sports, like, they chew people up and they spit them out all the time. Like, everyone's, like, disposable. They recycle people. Like, People last a couple years and then they're gone or, you know, uh, another cliche, like a bunch of flashes in the pan in these in these leagues. So when a guy's like truly special and consistently great, it's it's incredible and it's it's memorable. And this guy wasn't just that he was like like this was historic, legendary stuff that you're not going to see again, most likely. Right? And now it's just it's over. And if it, it's, I, again, we said it like jokingly, but it felt like it wasn't good. It was like, when's this shit going to end, dude? The guy this year is probably the MVP. So it's not that he wasn't good. It's not like he didn't go out like Peyton Manning did or Drew Brees did. Yeah. But that he still couldn't do it. But, you know, it's, I'm glad he's going out on his own terms. Like yeah. he's not hurt. He's healthy. He has his family. He has his wife. His parents are around. He's, he has, like, business op, uh, opportunities lined up. Like, he's yeah. prepared for life post-football. And it looks like he's going to be able to enjoy his life post-football, which a lot of these guys don't have the luxury of doing. Don't you always hate that asshole that just, like, he wins so much and then he just stops playing. He's like, man, y'all, man, I'm done with y'all. I ain't these, like, <laughs> don't you hate that guy? Like that, that one guy that has that one added, like that attitude. Now, I'm not saying that he did that, but God damn it, someone it feels that way. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, yeah. What, a part of me is like, like what now? Right? Like what's going to happen in this, this league now? Who's the guy? Like we, it seems like the league's in good hands. We named a few of the young, these guys are young, the guys we named. So it's, it seems like we're going to get like 10 plus years of, great play but it's not it's not this it's not gonna be this it's not the bunch of hollow famers that we just mentioned too yeah they're, they're i mean the guys that we mentioned are are, are, are guys that, that that's this thing that about our era of football um like we said football's been around for god knows how long already and the guys that we mentioned are guys that are filling up a top five top seven like of all time like good luck beating that. I don't as good as 
as Joey B might be, or or, or a Pat, or, or you know, people have Patrick Mahomes as number four all time already. So, and that's the kind of stuff that kind of pisses me off a little bit. They, they do. Yeah, they have him a top five already. Which, what, what? I mean, I can see why based on the way he throws the ball or not, but like uh, his his generation has. But we have that. we have guys like think about it, we have great talent right now. We like like D'Angelo said, we have his boy Deshaun, we have Kyler Murray, we have we have Big Herb, we have Josh Allen. Those guys probably won't make a top five. They they won't. Chances are they are not going to. We what we saw generations to come are going to miss out. They're going to see great players, but they're not going to see top five talent the way we did. Yeah. The other piece of it is how the league has changed while he was in. Like, we've seen how much this league, the Huge. rules, the way the stuff, the way the offense is played, how much has changed over the last 20 years. And through it all, we've used this analogy with music. Fabi and I, I know Fabi and I have where we give credit to like the Jay-Z's, the, the Mariah Carey's, the, the uh, you know, I'm sticking with modern people, like with Drake, with the, we, like these people, music has changed. Like the way they make money, the way that success is measured in music, the way people listen, the way it's consumed has changed drastically. That's why I'm bringing up the modern people because the shift is pretty modern. And these people remained at the top of it throughout. Yeah. Right. That analogy here, Tom Brady, this went from a running back centric league, uh, more like in the trenches, not as spread out. Things were a little tighter, more conservative play calling. You were allowed to be more physical. The rules permitted that. And he won in that way. Then it was not nah, shit spread out. Guys are running all over the place they're a little smaller uh you know it's speed speed everywhere guys that when brady came up probably wouldn't have been a big deal they would have been like just another guy but now they because of the way the games played those guys their skills are highlighted like and he won that way like that that's the other piece of it no matter how no matter what he was at the top of it Sorry to cut you off there, but think about it like this. What have we, we, we ever heard any, anything about a two tight end team prior to, 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 the, to the Patriots that year? Never. That ran it to that way? No. Never. We, I mean, yeah, there, there were obviously you can have two tight ends, but when, were you, when, when did you put two tight ends as your main focus and then you have a guy like Tom Brady and then you're like, okay, we're going we're gonna to do this. And then what happens? Then you have these linebackers where you're like, crap. Not only do we are we not going to be able to blitz in because we need to cover these guys. And then when they can't cover them, then you have to move in a safety or or or, or did this a defensive back to cover them. But then what does that do to the wideouts? Uh, in what position do you put them in it? And it was such a huge puzzle. They to me, they were the pioneers of that, putting two tight ends and developing them to the point where. You have to worry about them, but now that just screws up the entire like wide receiver, the the, the, the wideouts, and it's it was it was such a puzzle. I that that team to me was a, was just they were excellent in in, yeah. in, in with the way they 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 strategized. They they you know you don't really see that now. I mean the the league already took form, and we know that this is a passing league. You know that 
like you said, we the, the speed speed is everything. Look at look at Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill to me is not the best route runner, but can you keep up with him? You get me? And and it's like athleticism and, and athleticism. And I think it was I think it was um Ray Lewis that, that said it. Like all these young guys, like they're not ready to face a master like Brady. Like they're not they're not ready. Like Brady is a master at this game. You guys are just extremely athletic. And I get it. Eventually, everybody's gonna be extremely athletic. You know that that's where the game is going. But guys like Brady, once they're gone, they're gone. We're never gonna see that again. You look 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 at the running backs we have now. We have Josh. Uh, I was Allen. just thinking about that. We have Josh Allen running over over linebackers, right? We have Joey B being nice and little shifty. You you, you get me? We have Kyler. You, we have, you have to be Lamar. that now. Exactly. It's, you it's have amazing. to be able to move now. So then, Brady did it his way in a time where you're supposed to be shifty you get me and then that that was like my point like you like just exactly we said no you have to move it not if you're tom brady other than that the rest of the world you better come prepared to add more examples to your thing he did it with the two tight ends he did it with like the three running backs when he was throwing a fucking james white and Dion lewis and people i've never heard of or seen before <laughs> right uh and right, but then they gave him Randy Moss, and he set. So it wasn't like he he wasn't just it wasn't just one way, yeah. which is what we were saying. It we're just pointing examples to now. When he had Randy Moss, they set records. They were the greatest offense ever. When he had a Randy Moss, when he didn't have a Randy Moss, he figured it out with someone else. He did it with Wes Welker. He did it with Danny Fucking Amendola, Julian Edelman. These guys were nobodies. They're like fourth, fifth wide receivers, seventh round picks, return guys. Two tight ends, three tight ends, three running backs, one wide receiver, no wide receivers. Like, it didn't matter. That sounds so crazy to me. (laughs) It didn't matter. They won. Yeah. And he made it work every which way and was at the top of the game every which way. When When he had the personnel to air it out more, he did it. When he didn't have that, then he wouldn't try to do it. He did what worked, and they won, right? When he knew that he had a defense that would hold people down, he's like, all right, we'll be a little more careful, be a little more precise, whatever. When he had a defense that he knew that they needed to score more, he would air it out and took more risk. Like, it didn't matter. He got to 10. He won seven of them. We're not going to see that shit again. And it's just, it's crazy because... And it, for you guys especially, and then like anyone that's listening that knows me, uh, they know I, I'm not the, I was never like the, hit, like a fan of his. I always respected it. I wasn't a fan because he played for the Patriots and I was a Dolphins fan. So that got in the way. Um, <laughs> the way he said was. Yeah, I was. I'm a Ravens fan now, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> uh the guy, the guy was, it was phenomenal. And it was, it was incredible to see. It was historic to see. And the point I was, I was about to make was it, it, it still somehow feels a little underappreciated. Cause I, I, and I think it's, it's not just him. I think all historic legendary players, this happens. We don't really like, we recognize how great they are but we don't really appreciate like what we're seeing until it's done. 
because then it really smacks you in the face that no one no one's going to do this again or no one's can do that no one did it before them no one's going to do it after them right so as great as tom brady is as great as much as like people call him the greatest of all time and you hear that he still somehow feels a little underappreciated to me and it's like all of that's just coming to a head here where it's like he's done like he, he's really done it's like damn i'm not gonna see this shit anymore 